This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. In her groundbreaking book, Ganja Yoga, Dee Dussault, a yoga instructor, brings cannabis-enhanced yoga to North America for the first time. It has been millennia since yogis have used cannabis to enhance their spiritual practices. Cannabis's potential role for modern seekers pursuing a spiritual path is generating quiet but growing discussion within the Western yoga community. Taking this ancient practice mainstream, Dee Dussault is a certified yoga instructor. Rather than combining cannabis with exercise, Ganja Yoga is a ceremony that makes conscious relaxation an intentional ritual you can develop with practice, a way to live more harmoniously and stress-free. The use of marijuana during yoga practice can enhance awareness, acceptance, connectivity, and relaxation for some practitioners. The stigma surrounding marijuana dissipates as state laws loosen. And marijuana is increasingly viewed as a legitimate supplement for increased well-being and health. Her book, Ganja Yoga, explains how to set up a sacred space that will enable you to stretch and meditate while using this relaxing substance. It's the exploration of how cannabis can be incorporated into yoga and smoking practices and what considerations you need to make when introducing cannabis into your practice. Dee says, it's more like adding spice to your food than getting stoned out of your mind. Valeria interviews Dee Dussault. She is the author of Ganja Yoga, a practical guide to conscious relaxation, soothing pain relief, and enlightened self-discovery. Dee Dussault is the best-selling author of Ganja Yoga and internationally recognized pioneer of the cannabis wellness movement. 13 years ago, Dee became the first person to offer public enhanced yoga classes. And four years ago, she authored the HarperCollins book with the same title, gaining her features in publications like the New York Times, Business Insider, and the Wall Street Journal. Ganja Yoga has been taught to thousands of students in over 20 U.S. cities, and hundreds of people from around the world have taken the Ganja Yoga teacher training. It's been at MAPS Psychedelic Science Conference and at SF State University Emerald Cup and the Plant Spirit Medicine Conference. To make things even more fun, Dee is also a sensuality coach trained in Tantra Yoga with a private partner yoga and intimacy practice in Berkeley, California. Meet Dee at ganjayoga.com and ddussault.com. Here is the interview with Dee Dussault. In your own words, who am I speaking with today? <laughs> Today, you're speaking with Didu So, and I'm the founder, CEO, and best-selling author of Ganja Yoga, which is a cannabis-enhanced yoga and sexual wellness brand that I started in 2009. And in honor of cannabis, 
I'm going to blaze a little joint for the rest of the interview. <laughs> what is life to you? Wow, great question. To me, life is for living, which sounds obvious, but it's really for savoring despite and, you know, even while we're doing our responsibilities and our tasks, can we savor, you know, the miracle, I'll say it, the miracle of life. Uh, something I love about cannabis is that it can help us to slow down and begin to savor life's pleasures, all of the sensory things that can tickle our fancy anytime we open up to them. You know, the universe is constantly making love to us. Oh, did I mention I'm also a Tantra-based sex coach? So yes, cannabis-enhanced yoga and mindful lovemaking. I have a very cool job. <laughs> so yeah, life, life is for living. Life is for savoring. What do you think is the opposite of life? Ah, what do I think is the opposite of life? Okay, that's uh, interesting. Hmm, okay. The opposite of life is ignorance. Meaning when we're not savoring, when we're treating being alive, you know, like a chore, you know, we're not giving the universe uh, the reflection it desires. You know, we, I'm, I'm spiritual, not religious, but many spiritual paths have this same philosophy that, you know, God or, or the universe or the all, the divine is, you know, learning about itself through us. And when we awaken to our own divinity, it, it pleases the divine. So the opposite of that might be the ignorance of our own true nature, the ignorance of all that we could be. What is the purpose of the human experience? The purpose of human experience is to learn, to learn from our ways that didn't serve us, to become more wise, and to learn how to become more selfless, but not from a place of low self-worth, but selfless in terms of being of service to the greater whole. So I'd say it's for learning, experiencing, and service. At this time, what is the purpose of your life? At this time, the purpose of my life is to educate people about the healing powers of cannabis, including THC and CBD, but also the maybe less well-known terpenes, as well as the other components or the other cannabinoids, as they're called, um, some of which are starting to show amazing benefits for anxiety, sleep, sexual wellness, and so on. So I really feel like my purpose is to help people relax, to open people's minds to cannabis, to yoga, to mindful lovemaking, to help people really slow down and, and savor, you know, stop and smell the roses. Uh, so a mixture of education and inspiration. What do you love most about being in a human body? <laughs> What I love most about being in a human body is all of the sensual cultivation that's available to us. We are so lucky to have these five and maybe even more than five senses and to be aware of ourselves as we sense. 
So we can not only taste the delicious chocolate mousse as it slides down our tongues and into our throats, but we can be aware that we're experiencing that pleasure. And when we bring that awareness to lovemaking or to our mats, gratitude is not far behind. And gratitude is such a delightful experience. So I love the sensual aliveness of being in a body. I love the gratitude that that naturally brings me. And okay, I'll say it. I also love orgasms. <laughs> What, where, and who is God to you? Like I said before, you know, God is a, a big word. It's a loaded word. Maybe some people are drawn to it or reclaiming it. Others may be feeling like it's not the right word, even though they're perhaps spiritual. I have many friends who are atheist and I myself am spiritual, but agnostic. I, I admit, I do not know the nature of reality beyond my human experience. And yet I have faith or trust or belief that there's more, much more energetically and spiritually in the multiverses. And that connection of all of these realities, all of these experiences that all these organisms are having, to me, that's God. So God is the totality. Uh, in Taoism, it's, you know, the Tao that cannot be spoken. It's more than we could define. So we use this word God. You know, I used to say the universe, you know, I wanted to be less religious in my word choice, but I, I've come to understand there's more than one universe. So God is more than the universe. Um, so God for me is the Tao or the all, the totality. So why did you choose to do what you do? So I chose to do what I do because I was very interested in sexuality, even from a young age. I was raised in a very liberal, somewhat feminist home. And so it quite naturally became such that I was the person my friends would come to for sex advice uh, or conversations. And yeah, I just really enjoyed, you know, that kind of somewhat precocious, you know, academically precocious sexuality. So I started making lists from Cosmo of all different ways to, you know, please your partner in bed far before I was pleasing anyone except myself. Um, and in, in university, I wrote the sex column and I studied sexuality and I was most interested in the orgasm disparity between heterosexual men and women and why, you know, why do women have so few orgasms um, in partnered sex with men compared to lesbians or, or on their own. Um, and as interesting as that topic is and was, I found that it was so disembodied, so intellectual, you know, and the way that my professors were helping me to understand the answers or come to some kind of, um, you know, opinion about all of this on my own was, was so intellectual. And so I often just felt like I was so in theory that I wasn't actually making any difference. You know, will my essays published in some, you know, graduate school library really change things for people? So after some time, I dropped out of my master's degree and pursued a Tantra yoga training in the lineage of Swami, Swami Satyananda Saraswati, who some of your listeners may know as the originator um, of Yoga Nidra. 
And he does have some controversy around him. He has so many beautiful qualities in Yoga Nidra and his Tantra work, his book Kundalini Tantra. Um, and I want to also acknowledge, you know, there is a scandal or a ac accusation um, that I don't know that much about. But nonetheless, even though I, I think it's important we name our lineages and the South Asian teachers that inform uh, us as Western yogis, I also do that with a grain of salt because if, you know, if he caused harm, then I, I don't want to affiliate with him. So, uh, you know, kind of a uh, ambivalent about him. Uh, but nonetheless, so that's why I became a yoga teacher in this Tantra tradition. I was feeling academics to be so disembodied. And now I get to blend the two, whether it's through cannabis enhanced yoga or cannabis, you know, optional sex coaching. So partners come and talk about sexual issues or concerns. Uh, they do romantic partner yoga, you know, on Zoom or in person with me here in Berkeley. Um, and the cannabis piece all came quite a bit later. Um, I was a late bloomer to cannabis and I was actually judgmental about it. And um, yeah, just didn't have the education, you know, the Reagan era dare campaigns and all of that, you know, propaganda from the 80s. Um well, that, that peaked in the 80s, but had several decades of propaganda and brainwashing, you know, I, I was as victim to that as well. So it took me some time to actually recognize cannabis as uh, medicinal and therapeutic and spiritual properties. And I write about this in my book, uh, uh, Ganja Yoga, um, which is, you know, the, the company and the practice by the same name. So cannabis was a later addition to my life than yoga and sexuality. I was practicing yoga since I was 15. Um, that means, you know, almost 30 years. Uh, so quite a long time. Uh, but cannabis, uh, you know, much more uh, new love affair, but I love her so much. How did you become a writer? I became a writer, you know, ever since I was a kid. My grandmother used to tease me that I was born with a pencil in my hand. Uh, throughout school, I always did well with writing. And uh, like I said, I wrote the sex the sex column uh, in undergraduate school. I actually uh, proposed the column to the newspaper and pitched that they should start one and that I should write it. So I've always written and I had a couple of articles um, around cannabis enhanced yoga or sexuality uh, when Harper Collins, you know, pretty much knocked on my door. They sent me an email asking if I wanted to write this book, which is, you know, a bestseller on Amazon, um, which, you know, was, it's just very uncommon. And I'm very grateful to have a major publisher, you know, asked to collaborate. So I was not a professional writer before um, that opportunity. I was, you know, writing about my uh, topics that I teach and do coaching with and, and, you know, the ganja yoga training, I would, you know, write a little bit about these, these things or, you know, CBD or blogs, but not a whole book. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering about maybe doing a second book. Um, I'm, I'm playing with the idea of writing a cannabis and psychedelic enhanced, uh, tantric sex memoir. Let me know what you think about that guy. Send me some DMs on Instagram. If you think that's a good idea, I'm, I'm playing with it. What was the inspiration, intention, and purpose of writing your book? So like I said, I didn't necessarily have the book uh, written um, and then, you know, shopping it around to publishers. Rather, HarperCollins, you know, pitched me and gave me a very strict deadline. So I had to write under, well, I won't say duress, but I had to write under quite a short deadline. Um, and so, you know, the intention was to educate about the brand and the practice um, and, you know, soon after we 
published the book. I did a tour. I did a little, you know, self-paid, even though it's a major publisher. I'll just have to put that little dig in. But I paid for a tour. It was amazing. Uh, Montreal, Detroit, New York, Toronto, and Portland, I believe, were on my tour. Maybe also Seattle, Washington. It was super cool. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, an experience of a lifetime. And um, I definitely am uh, so pleased when I hear people uh, tell me how the book have has affected them. You know, war veterans suffering from PTSD, um, that more soccer mom, you know, exploring the CBD, maybe, um, you know, all kinds of people who maybe felt ashamed of using cannabis for medicinal or therapeutic or yogic reasons. Even though the science is out that it's not, um, you know, it has potential downfalls, but it's not chemically addictive, like coffee and sugar. Nonetheless, people have an ambivalence about cannabis because of that Reagan era propaganda that I mentioned earlier. Um, and so, you know, a big part of the book for me was to help to break down that, um, you know, the, the, um, the darkness that we're experiencing around cannabis and psychedelics and bring more light to these topics. Talk to me for a moment about the services you offer. So yeah, the services I offer, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, so yes, we have the Ganja Yoga training so people can do our first ever hybrid live stream training. I'm so excited after offering, I think, 15 in person. And over the pandemic, we had a self-paced, but this will be our first live stream. And we have two pods. So I'll be in Berkeley with another teacher who's co-facilitating with me and our group of about 15 or 20 students. Another teacher will be with her own pod in New Mexico, streaming into us and us streaming into them. I, I'm not sure if that's the right verb, streaming into, but you know what I mean. And then we have um, a couple dozen people joining us virtually. So they'll be on the Zoom pod with two facilitators there. And we have a Rastafarian from Jamaica, someone from India, someone from Germany. It's going to be super dope. So that's the Ganja Yoga training. There's the in-person, the self-paced, and this new virtual hybrid live stream. Uh, that's on March 30th until April 2nd. And then I also have, as well as the book and private sex coaching, I have an organic CBD line and apparel line, which is really cool. And then Ganja Yoga On Demand, a subscription service where people can watch all different types of Ganja Yoga classes by me and my teachers and sort by length of class, style, or even what you're toking on. So great for beginners. Uh, a huge part of Ganja Yoga is making yoga um, more accessible, relaxation-based, and all bodies. So we really want to decolonize the practice on multiple levels. So anywho, those are some of the services I offer. Where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? You can find more information about my work by Googling Ganja Yoga or going to ganjayoga.com. I'm also at Ganja Yoga on Instagram. I believe the YouTube is called D. Dussault's Ganja Yoga. So that's my name. It looks like Dussault because it's French. And actually, I've been logged out of my YouTube for three years. This two-factor authentication business, you know, when you change your phone number and I've called my old phone company and it's silly. But interestingly, a friend of mine is logged into my account on her computer and it's working. We just found that out. So I haven't posted there in like three years, but we're going to be reposting, uh, not reposting, we're going to be posting soon. Uh, every month we'll drop 
a ganja yoga quickie, meaning one of the shorter classes from our paid on-demand subscription site. We'll put a shorter sample up every month so you could subscribe for free on YouTube. And we got tons of great classes up there. They're just a little older. Um, we also are on Facebook, LinkedIn, a little bit here and there for those people who use that, feel free to reach out. Um, and we're starting a new weed tube. And so this is a social media platform specifically for cannabis because your listeners may not know this, but people who work in the cannabis industry often get shadow banned, you know, through Facebook and Instagram. We are prevented from using uh, ads through Meta, you know, Facebook, Instagram. So we can't, everything we do is organic growth, which is, you know, pretty amazing, but also not fair. Um, and, you know, a lot of pre uh, PayPal and credit card processors don't work with cannabis companies. So there's still a lot of discrimination. We need to change these laws. We need to have these conversations, vote for politicians who are legalizing, because as various states legalize and more people have access to safe, affordable medicine, then, you know, eventually the social media platforms will uh, be forced to, you know, jump on board and realize that we're normalizing cannabis here. It's super safe. It has so many therapeutic applications um, and used, you know, mindfully, of course, and starting with a low dose and an appropriate strain. It's a, an amazing health and wellness aid, you know, not for everyone, but for those that are interested. So nonetheless, where was I on all that? Oh, yes, the weed tube social media platform. So those, those of your listeners that are already super into weed, maybe I'm going to start my weed tube uh, I think in celebration of 420. And we also do a virtual 420 event every year. So please join me. You can email me, d at ganjayoga.com or DM me on Instagram. Uh, we have an amazing newsletter. We're, we're launching our blogs next month. Finally, 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 the AI is helping. I'll tell you that much. Um, and so, yeah, I think those are the ways that you can reach us. You know, it's not just me. I am the founder and the main um fuel behind the brand, but it's a big happy family. We've had hundreds of people do our training. We have dozens of certified ganja yoga teachers. Um, we do all kinds of events to bring our family together. We did a big ganja yoga challenge in January. We had so many people participating and posting every day. So definitely community is a huge part of, you know, our, our brand or our experience. It's, it's cannabis and it's uh, yoga and other types of wellness, including sexuality, but it's the third pillar is this community piece. So please reach out, be in touch. And if you're interested in our first ever virtual hybrid live stream training, you know, we have the Berkeley, the New Mexico or the online stream options, March 30th to April 2nd. It would be so great to have your listeners join us. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's going to be, uh, this will be aired in time. So I hope so. I'm going to, I'm going to cross my fingers on that one. So I think that's, that's it. Please be in touch. I'll say it once more. We're almost at the end of our conversation and I have two final questions for you. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? If I knew I was going to die soon, I would get off the screen. It's unfortunate that a large part of my job running this, you know, multi-armed company, you know, with our CBD, our apparel, our book, our subscription service, our training, um, as the CEO, uh, I am still spending far too much time on, on my screen and my eyes don't like it. My shoulders and hands and arms don't like it. My brain doesn't like it. You know, you, you, you may have heard 
um, I forget who said it, but essentially, you know, when we're outside or in a, even a large room and we look across the room, our, it's not only that our visual field, you know, gets wider or bigger compared to looking at a computer or a phone, but our consciousness expands, you know, and, and our ancestors are, you know, would have been accustomed to like looking around quite often. And that really soothes that ability to, to look at long distances really soothes the nervous system. So, you know, I would, I would find a way, which, you know, I, I want to even without a, <laughs> without a, a, a death prognosis, I, I, I'd like to find a way. I will, I am going to be finding a way to be on my screen less. That's priority number one. I love climbing trees. I love doing new kinds of functional movements, crawling, making love, dancing, cooking, hiking. So I would do more of those things that I love so much. Uh, moving my body, being embodied, savoring, being sensual, all of the things that I talked about at the beginning of our conversation, I would cultivate those even more than I currently do, which, you know, let's be, let's be real. It's, it's already quite a lot, you know, perhaps compared to average people. You know, I, I make a point, um, a couple of, couple of things I do, you know, at night, my lights are always just orange salt lamps or orange lights, ideally incandescent versus LED, but it's, becoming harder to find those. Um, but everything orange, even if it has to be an LED, just keeping those vibrations, you know, the, 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 the wavelength, the light, the light length, more similar to our ancestors where they would have been around the fires at night. So no bright lights. If I'm going to watch something once in a while, of course, the blue light blocking glasses. Um, I massage my feet almost every day, you know, foam rolling, massage balls. If I'm watching something, you can bet I'm also doing some body care. So kind of layering um, to have as much pleasure and relaxation and self-care as I can, even though I'm a very busy person as well. Um, you know, frequent self-pleasure, frequent masturbation, not not in a pornographic way with a, a rush to orgasm, but you know, I encourage my sex coaching clients to, to do as I do and maybe smoke or vape a little and just, you know, have a bath or, or give yourself some loving ma massage and self-touch and without a goal, you know, without a specific goal, the only goal may be being pleasure. So I definitely sprinkle pleasure throughout my days, you know, where I can, you know, maybe I can step outside and eat my lunch in the sun, even though I have a very busy work day with lots of interviews and, and um, collaborative calls. Maybe I can and take a moment to myself. Um, I only wear the softest fabrics and I, I hardly ever wear a bra and only comfortable underwear. This is all part of my sensual cultivation. And, you know, yours might be different. Yours might be different. Um, but yes, to me, being in this body, finding the sensory pleasures as a spiritual path is life, is a type of, you know, a, a big part of life. So it's, it's, it's important. What are three things about life, you know, for sure, as of this moment? Three things I know for sure about life at this moment. Okay. I, I, I actually reside for the most part in the not knowing. I find that to be a really rich place to be, you know, loving the mystery or kind of agnostic, but I guess I could say, I know, you know, pleasure is healing. You know, I'm not saying all pleasure all the time. Of course, there's unethical pleasure, you know, but I mean, yeah, ethical pleasure, <laughs> consensual and fair pleasure. 
I know that this is healing. This is a part of trauma recovery. Um, and I won't go into it, but it's, you know, when we, when we stroke our arm, just simply stroking our arm, you know, get into a habit of scratching our head, taking off our glasses, massaging our temples, stretching. You know, we, we do a lot of this already as a reflex. You know, we are mammals, but adding even more, even more as a practice, a sensory cultivation practice. Yes, I know that to be healing. What else? Mm. <laughs> yes, I, I, I love not knowing. Um, I'm, I've always played the role of a diplomat in my family. Uh, so it's, it's, I, I, I don't, uh, I'm not certain on much. Um, but yes, I know for sure breath is life. I, I, you know, I don't think anyone would disagree there, you know, and, and something new I've been playing with is focusing more on the exhale portion of my breath rather than the inhale portion, focusing on lengthening that instead of, you know, puffing up a lot of oxygen. Um, that, that book called Breath by James Nesbitt is, is remarkable. I really learned a lot there. So yes, breath is life will be the second thing I know for sure. And then lastly, um, ah, yes, community care is self care. I know that taking care of our loved ones, and again, in a fair and equitable and ethical way, not, not anybody being a doormat, but when we, mindfully take care of our, not only our families, but our friends, our neighbors, strangers in our communities. You know, when we, whatever that may be, whether that's offering some sliding scale or donation-based spots at our yoga class or our event to allow underserved community members to join, or maybe, I don't know, just dropping some homemade muffins over at a neighbor's place. You know, there's so many ways to take care of each other. Um, but when we offer that community care, and I'm also thinking of decolonizing when we learn about the ways that yoga has been used as a system and a tool for oppression, um, you know, by, you know, uh, white supremacy, this is also a type of community care, learning about how our ancestors caused harm and finding ways to make reparations and to energetically move those emotions of grief and shame and anger and reaching out to marginalized communities. This is another type of community care. Education is community care. So just thinking about ways that when we help others, we're actually helping ourselves. I know this, I know this to be true. And you probably do too. Studies have shown, you know, when we're depressed, if we volunteer, you know, it, it lifts our moods. Being selfless is self-serving, not in a negative way, but it's, 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 it's good for the self. Um, you know, so that can be a motivator. If, if, if we need something to benefit us, we can rest assured that it does, it does benefit us. Perhaps the motivator is empathy and thinking of others and yeah, just wanting to love, wanting to be a vessel for love. Not all the time, not at the, um, cost of surrendering our, our, our own will, our own self, you know, not being people pleasers, but just letting love flow through us, taking care of others. I know that that's true. I know that community care is self-care, you know, if it's, if it's mindful and not, uh, you know, people pleasing. Thank you so much for your presence, for sharing your wisdom and doing what you do. Okay. Okay. You got three out of me. There you go. 
Thank you for this interview. I really appreciate these insightful questions. I really love talking about a mixture of metaphysical and, you know, scientific, you know, from trauma to, you know, what is God? <laughs> so thank you so much for this opportunity. I hope that your readers um, got inspired to explore or deepen their cannabis practice, cannabis enhanced, enhanced wellness or sexuality practice. Uh, if they aren't already users, you know, and it, again, it's, it's not really about convincing people who aren't interested in cannabis. It's more just about providing education and inspiration for those that do want that information. So yeah, I hope, you know, either with the cannabis or with the mindfulness and the sensuality and the tantra and the embodied pleasure, hopefully there was some, something there that inspired your people. And I hope that they reach out to me and I hope that you and I stay in touch. Thank you so very much. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dee Dussault and her work, please visit ganjayoga.com and ddussault.com. Dee is also on Instagram at ganjayoga. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.